Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. Our reading today comes from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. Paul writes, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should be in agreement and that there should be no divisions among you, but that you should be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The Word of the Lord. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. As I read the readings for today, an old work colleague of mine came to mind. This man and I worked together for a few years, and over the course of that time we got to know each other better and better. We often chatted while we worked, had coffee, or ate lunch. A few months after his 40th birthday, I could tell that my friend was particularly pensive. At one point, he put down his coffee, his eyes narrowed, and he said, You know, Greg, I've been thinking. I've come to the conclusion that the way that you treat people often determines the response that you get in return. (laughs) I nearly fell off my chair. It had taken him 40 years to realize that for the most part, people respond in kind to how they are treated. There are always exceptions to the rule, but I found that even the meanest, Most broken people will usually respond well to positive treatment, given enough time. This conversation has always stuck in my mind for a couple of reasons. The first is that I was genuinely shocked that it took him so long to come to this realization. Secondly, I realized that we all learn things at different speeds. Although it took my friend longer to come to this realization, at least he got there eventually. Although this conversation happened decades ago, it came to mind today because one of our readings speaks directly to the way that we treat each other as Christians. Today, we read Paul's letter to the Corinthians in which Paul addresses the way that the Christians in Corinth were treating each other. They had developed a bad reputation for being quarrelsome and nasty with each other. 
Paul appealed to them that they should all be in agreement and that there should be no divisions among them, but that they should be united in the same mind and purpose. But what does this even mean, and is it realistic? Another translation puts that same text this way. I'll put it as urgently as I can. You must get along with each other. You must learn to be considerate of one another, cultivating a life in common. We begin to see that Paul isn't talking about the way that we live our own lives as individuals, but rather the way that Christians ought to come together as a community of faith. Paul goes on to cite some of the divisions that he had become aware of in that particular community. People were claiming allegiance to one particular church leader or another, at the cost of the cohesion of the entire community. The divisiveness for which they had become famous was an obstacle preventing them from accomplishing their true purpose. Paul was calling them out and telling them to put an end to it. You might be thinking, well that was then and this is now. I can tell you that the church in our own day still struggles with some of the things that can threaten to divide us. I grew up in a family that was very aware of what we might today call sectarian divisions. Protestants and Roman Catholics locked in conflict in what my Irish family often referred to as the Troubles. During my lifetime, we Anglicans have had heated debates about churchmanship. Do we put candles on the altar or not? Do we use incense? Or are those things too Romish? We argue about whether to use the Book of Alternative Services or the Book of Common Prayer. Which hymn book do we use? Or whether we should stop singing hymns at all in favor of more contemporary music. I may have told you this story before, but my paternal grandmother, my dad's mom, was the daughter of an Anglican priest. I remember the day that she came home from her parish church that she had been attending for years, proclaiming that she would never set foot in the place again because they had begun using guitars in church. In her stubbornness, she deprived herself of her faith community, and she cheated her parish community of the gifts that God had given her. These are all examples of individuals allowing their personal preferences to fracture a community. How often do we do likewise? Do we get angry over an issue and leave the church? Or worse, do we get angry and stay, choosing to poison those around us with our angry words and bitterness. Having named some of these conflicts, Paul went on to say that Christian community does not exist as an expression of our personal preferences, but rather it exists to proclaim the work of Jesus Christ in the world. Later on in this same letter, Paul would write, For just as the body is one and has many members, so it is with Christ, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Paul then launches into the famous love chapter that is often read at weddings. He tells the Corinthian Christians, 
Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and it endures all things. Although Paul's letter had a rather scathing start, it moved beyond the heated words with which it began. Paul encouraged the church throughout the centuries to grow beyond our differences. Over Christmas, we've been reminded that in the person of Jesus Christ, God showed up in person, reaching out to us, so that each of us has an opportunity to get to know God better. In the person of Jesus Christ, God showed up in person to say, I love you. Today, Paul encourages us to allow God's expression of love to overcome whatever divides us as a community of faith. While we may all have our personal preferences, we cannot allow them to overtake the deeper purpose for which we gather, to know Christ and to make Christ known to those around us. As we move more fully into this new calendar year, let us continue to put aside our differences, to come together as a community, and to explore the more excellent way that Paul wrote about. Amen. Amen.